0: He's got a beautiful backswing.
1: Dad! oh, he got all of that one.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: That is
1: amazing. Layup
2: with an iron into the hazard. <laughs> oh
0: my God, you had to deal with the golf course people too.
2: Well, that
3: wasn't quite what I meant, you know?
0: What's up everybody? Welcome into another edition of the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams. Sam Humphreys with you. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Head over to GolfOklahoma.org. Check out everything that they've got to offer covering golf in the state of Oklahoma. A lot to get to today. We will certainly talk about everything that happened last week with Tiger Woods. And there was a lot that happened in the game of golf. But at the forefront of it was Colin Morikawa at the WGC Workday Championship at the concession in Florida. Morikawa now under 25 years old. Four wins. One of those is a major. One of those is a world golf champion ship Event, Colin Morikawa only the second player to have a major and a WGC under the age of 25. The other goes by
2: the name of Tiger Woods, gentlemen. Pretty impressive week for Colin down in Bradenton. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, we've <clears throat> it's, uh, obviously the storyline has been his putter change grip, and and I want people to realize too, because I keep hearing it on the telecast, and it's really frustrating. He switched last week at the Genesis. He didn't switch this week at, at this tournament. So people out there thinking that he just put this new grip into play Wednesday afternoon. He went out and won. It's not the case. Been using it for a few weeks. Used it last week um, at the Genesis when he was, of the people who made the cut, was, was the worst pers- person in the field putting-wise. So it's not like he used a different putting grip there and then switched. He had switched and then wanted to stay committed to it. Ended up winning by three shots over a group of people, including local favorite Victor Hovland here, which I'm sure everyone likes. To see, obviously, someone like me who had him in the one and done his missed three footer on fifteen or sixteen or whatever it was. Probably come back to bite him a little bit, but, um, but just I, gave him a T two instead of solo two. Likely. Yeah, 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 which is only worth three hundred and something thousand dollars or whatever. Roughly, it is. I mean, <laughs> yeah. if, if you count those sort of things. Yeah, Go yeah, ahead. yeah, which which most of us don't, but nevertheless, um, no, I mean, you know, great week really for for Morikawa, I think. We, we, we talked about it. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's, you know, him, uh, obviously, Morikawa, Hovland, Wolf, the three um, big names coming out at the same time, and two of the three up there right at the top of the leaderboard. And Morikawa goes to show, I mean, he's not going anywhere on the week, guys. Gained 2.39 strokes approach to green, and that's how he's going to be able to win his events. And then looking at putting, didn't gain a full stroke on the field, but just under at .99. So if he's going to go any week where he's gaining strokes putting, he's going to be a tough man to beat, gentlemen. Yeah, man. It, it, it the thing that I saw with Morikawa
1: this week was it, his maturity is unbelievable. I mean, for a guy that's twenty four years old to go out there and have the lead for that long and just hit shot after shot, play smart, never loses cool. the The guy, I swear, he's like a fifty year old in a twenty four year old body. Um, I, I thought the course, the concession held up nice this week. I, I. Think that the weather was obviously perfect, which made the winning score be eighteen under. But um, we also saw where it has some teeth, and if the wind would have picked up, it could have. We could have seen some really high numbers out there. But can you
0: imagine if we had gotten a twenty mile an hour wind? Any oh,
2: day? it would have been. It would have been. It ridiculous. would have pure oh, carnage. Just to put oh, yeah. in. And just to put in perspective, I mean, listen, some big names start some high scores. Justin Rose five over. Adam Scott five over. Dustin Johnson playing the best of anyone in the world five over for the tournament. Right. Um, Robert McIntyre, guy who I picked, uh, shot eight. Ended up having to shoot even the last said to shoot 8 over. I'm even scrolling down. Harris English won the very first event of the year, 10 over. And then we looked down. Matt Wolf had a 83 first round and decided not to play the rest of the week. Andy Sullivan, a really good player, shot 13 over. Uh, Lee Westwood, one of the best players of of all time, especially to never win a major plus 8. I mean, looking down here, boys, if you are if, if you're just a little bit off, your score was going to climb well, like a mountain.
1: The way I like to judge courses is – Does it reward good shots, and does it punish bad shots? And I think that the concession did. I mean, I would love to see the WGC just stay there, to be honest. I thought it was a great course, great greens. Really interesting uh, green complexes. Big greens, but really the greens aren't that big where you can hit it. You know, it's going to roll off here. It's going to go down there. You know what I mean? Like, it it was – I thought it was a great course and a fun course to watch. I, w- I was a little disappointed we didn't get to see 18 um, be more of a factor because Morikawa had it in the bag um, because that's a great hole too, great f- hard finishing hole. Um, the par fives, like I had said before, they have a little teeth. It's not necessarily easy birds, and we saw like –
2: What was uh, on the
0: front, number six or number seven's a par five, and I believe played as the third toughest yep, hole yeah.
2: of mm-hmm. the week. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It was a top five hole. I, I, you're exactly right. And then, then I was mentioned. just – Yeah, and then I I was
1: just going to mention with Hovland, you know, like he has a bogey free round going, and all of a sudden makes a quad. You know what I mean? Yeah, I, I mean I, the course is, like I said, just a great course and punishes bad shots, but also rewards good ones. That's why you see the eighteen under compared
2: to the Matt Wolf's score. Yeah, you know and I mean? yeah, <laughs> yeah. I want, I want to get definitely more into the course setup, but let's take ourselves back to Friday afternoon, boys. We got Victor Hoffman. What was he, 7-under, 8-under on the day?
0: 7-under on the day, 7 birdies, 0 bogeys through 17 holes.
2: He was cruising. And then we, we get to number 9 because he started on 10. And, you know, everything looks all right. It's in the fairway bunker, nothing too serious. I mean, you know, maybe bogey at worst here. And then he decides to play Plinko from up at the green, and we, we see all the memes, a shot tracker going around. I mean, it was just insane. He had a few bad breaks in there. We have to give him that. His, he had a really, what was it, the third shot, guys, where he hit yes. it really good and ended up on literally the back lip of the bunker. And I he mean, did that was really sh- well that that to get, was get the it the to come out. Yes, yeah. Because yeah,
0: if it hops out of the bunker or if it rolls back down another two feet, he probably still gets away
1: with a five or a six. Well, it seemed like he was trying to hit it in that bunker on purpose, but, but <laughs> just what got about a bad it He's supposed to hit it. He had no choice. But, like, what I'm saying is that he wasn't expecting it to just – Stop right on that <laughs> tiny little down slip. There was
2: once, there was two spots in the bunker where he would have been unplayable. It was where it did, or if it had just barely trickled in, it was right up against the front yeah. of the lip, and, and 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 he was in one of those two places. Looking
1: back on it, he should have played that almost backwards or sideways and just chipped on. Yeah, and you're, got, you're got exactly away with right. that. Looking, I mean, obviously finished second, three shots back. I mean, that would have been a big factor coming yeah, down the stretch. Yeah,
2: we we're, were talking about before the show, and we'll, we'll bring it up again. Um, it was fifteen or sixteen. One of those, Billy Horschel did the exact same thing where he's. Um, up against the uh, the weeds, and essentially it was fifteen. I'm looking at it right here. So he pulls it left, and he has no shot. He he hits out at a probably 80 degree angle, and then just basically swallows his medicine and says, "I'm gonna get up and down for bogey and and try to." Really, at that point, the only way he was gonna win is if if Morikawa just is, just went to complete hell because ended up finishing 18 under. Horschel wasn't gonna get there, but but yeah, in hindsight, Hovland should have uh, done that. But he at the moment, it's really hard to swallow your medicine and hit a ball 9 degrees to the opposite angle whenever the pin's right here, and you're already hitting your fourth shot, haven't made a bogey all day, so you're on cloud nine at that point, and it's just hard to swallow your medicine at that point and just accept making double.
0: Yeah, it definitely is, and he still winds up with a T2 uh, right alongside Horschel and Kepka. but another thing about Morikawa and his maturity, I I thought yesterday he went out and the round that he played, it very much reminded me of what Tiger would do on a Sunday with a two a two shot lead. Mm-hmm. He went out, he just he didn't make mistakes, just kind of plodded along, kept his lead all day. You know, nobody really caught him, nobody really you know overtook him at any point. He just plodded along, made some pars, made some birdies here and there, and it was really stress-free. That's why I noticed so much from Morikawa in the back 9. He we've watched lately guys take small leads into Sunday and like Sam Burns last week, those hands start shaking and you hook the 90 bounds, yard hook. Yeah, the 90 yard hook. And I thought Morikawa was so under control and not he, he didn't look flustered or nervous to me at all on a Sunday. I,
1: I have a funny story. I got to give a shout out to my girlfriend Reagan for watching the golf on Sunday with me and um, she had to leave. Uh, Midway through the back nine, and she asked me later on that night, "Hey, who won the golf?" And I go, "Morikawa. Morikawa ended up winning." She's a big Brooks Kepka fan, uh, for obvious reasons. But anyway, <laughs> you know, she uh, she said uh, when I said Morikawa won, she goes, "Oh, that's boring." Well, you know what? She's right. It was boring. It and was. boring golf is winning golf, you know. And so that's what Morikawa is. He, I mean, he doesn't. He's not flashy, but he's great at everything. You know.
2: Yeah, and it's it's very similar to any other sport. You know, it's like. Like when Kepka won the PGA Championship, people were saying that he was playing boring golf. Right. You know, when Tiger won the 2019 Masters, they said the back nine was boring. Well, yep. it's well, watch any other watch watch the best NFL teams, best NBA teams, the Spurs. Watch the uh, the Patriots. What do they do best? The fundamentals. No penalties. Run the football. You know, make your layups. All that stuff. So for anyone who wants to, if you want to make golf flashy by hitting it in the trees every time and hoping to recover and hit some cool miracle. Cut ninety yard slice and then hole out flop shots and make eighty footers across the green for par. You're, you're, like, you're
0: clearly talking about Phil Mickelson here. Like
2: <laughs> that, 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 that is what Phil, Phil has done his whole career. He is the only person to have done it for so long, and that's why we remember. Because anyone out there who plays for a long time. They they just make the game look easy, which is why they call it boring. Which is exactly what Morikawa does. And to go to your point, Colby, I'm looking at his, his stats on the final round. Gained 1.84 on the greens on on Sunday. So that goes to show that that, that new saw, not claw. I want to ask y'all on this too, because both of y'all are claw users. Correct? I'm yes. a claw putter, not a saw putter. What are you, Sam? You Bing, claw? been cringe claw. Cling, okay, so yeah. so y'all do not use the same grip as Morikawa does.
0: No Morikawa's grip. So my grip is more Morikawa. The saw you have like all of your fingers coming down the back of it, whereas mine's just like the middle finger and then the index fingers kind of looped around the top. Then these bottom two fingers just kind of
2: chill. So it's so it's really amount, the really the amount of fingers you have of, on your right hand, or your right. bottom hand of if your your bottom hand, bottom yes. hand and of a right-handed player. Yes. Go when ahead, I Sam. when
1: I switched uh, back in college, first of all, it saved my game. Um, Save my game, too. It, well, it's just taking the right hand totally out of the stroke. I had a tendency to pop it with my right hand a little bit, and I would have a tendency to have a little cut stroke when i use my right hand uh, with a conventional grip. Well, I, I decided, I figured out that um, if you're listening at home, like just put your hand out, uh, put put the palm face down, and move your hand left and right. I figured that it's easier to move your right hand left and right than it is to do it like with the hand facing like a handshake. So I decided to put the uh, index finger straight down the shaft and support it on the side of the shaft, on the side of the grip with my middle finger and the other three fingers and keep those together. And so like it, it, it's a really, we see a lot more guys doing it and we know a lot more about it now. Like Azinger was saying, it's not taboo anymore. Um, If you're out there struggling with your putting, I would, I would, totally recommend uh, to at least give it a try and see if you like it because the short putts under pressure um, it seems like the putter flows a little bit and it it doesn't uh, create as much of a pop or a hit uh, at least to me
2: yeah so. yeah and I, I definitely want to get kind of a little bit more down this because like you said I think out of all the thing that our listeners can't control it's a short game right right and so you know we can't we can't all hit 350 yard bombs but we can all make four and five footers right yeah you know so I, I want to listen from you guys because for me, I, I've tried it, and the, the mention they thing about Morikawa, the reason they said he switched was was that his putter shaft from going back. To impact was essentially not in sequence, so mm-hmm. his hands were getting out in front of the putter, or they were staying more square, so he wasn't able to control the roll and the distance control. Kind of very similar, like we, whenever you have a cut stroke on mm-hmm. your putting, right. you're not going to be able to control how it rolls. Well, because the fa- yeah, the,
1: fa- well, the face rotation is what I was trying to knock out of my stroke. Exactly. I didn't. I wanted less face rotation, and when, with the claw, it creates the face to ha- be more square throughout the stroke, which yeah.
2: I like. Which, which is what, and but most Blyger play- would disagree. Yeah, yeah it's, well, well, Tiger <laughs> uses a blade putter, which right. which emphasizes you have to release the toe. But right. the the main thing that I struggle with with the grip, guys, and I want to get y'all's take on this. The putter, just when I do it, it I don't know if it's just because my left hand's weaker or my, my less dominant hand's weaker. It's just the putter seems so heavy to me whenever I do that, and it seems like I can't, especially with distance or longer putts, I can't control how much the putter goes because it seems like my right hand is, has no hardly any control on the stroke because you're trying to eliminate it, right? Right. But at the same time... It has to be a little bit of control in there. So, how do you find that happy medium? You know, I, I want to definitely ask you, Cole, because literally you changed your putting, went from 180 um, from what it was. You went from averaging 45 putts around to averaging 25 putts around.
0: Yeah, I went from the worst putter I know to one of the best putters I know. And I, I just, it, it has to be a personal preference thing because to hear you say that it, it feels heavy whenever you do that, it, it kind of does to me too, but I like that feeling. Yeah. I, I like that feeling of the putter being heavy. I'm not somebody who likes to have to hit a putt hard. I mean, ideally, if my. Ideally, I grip my putter so loosely that it's almost falling out of my hands. So, if I have to hit it hard, I have to grip the putter tighter, and I feel like I get more jabby with my stroke. Being able to barely grip my putter and then just kind of let the pendulum work, Mm -hmm. to me, I like that heavy feeling because I feel like I can just make a very smooth stroke and still roll in a a 10, 12-footer. So, It's just a personal preference thing, and obviously uh, Morikawa has found some comfort in the saw, which again, the saw and the claw are a variation of the same thing. It's the same basic principle where you're flipping that right hand over to kind of make it less impactful as you're coming into the back of the ball.
1: Right, and and like I said earlier, I the one thing that I didn't mention also was when I was working really hard in college with this, uh, with my coach uh, Vandenborn and uh, Stan Ball as well, I figured out that also when I had the conventional grip with the right hand, I was de-lofting the putter at the start of my stroke and kind of picking it up to the outside. So you're kind of hinging so, your
2: back wrist?
1: Yeah, hinging my right wrist a little bit. So with the claw, I, I found out that I was able to keep it low and slow to start the stroke. Can get a good tempo, um, and and I'll never forget like the short putts under pressure because we all know that putting green putts are not the same as the three footer with your buddies on the weekend when everyone's waiting on you to miss, you know what I mean? And um, I found out that those putts were a little easier um, and, and it took, it took a lot of work with the longer putts too, because at first I thought I was going to go conventional from outside 30 feet because it feels really weird at the start. That's one thing you're going to have to practice. If you do switch to the claw is getting that speed, right? Because it's a completely different grip, but inside, five feet, it feels amazing to me.
2: Yeah, so. yeah. <clears throat> no, and you, y'all, you guys definitely aren't the only one you're seeing it out there on tour and everything. You know, and I, I, I love, I mean, I put lead tape on almost, on all my woods and my putter. I, I love having the heavy weight feel. It's just, I, maybe it's just a, a left. And, and like you said, it's a total preference thing because, I mean, we've seen it. Is it, um, Zalatoris, he does like an arm lock with a yeah. saw version of it. And, <laughs> and
0: that's what that's what Webb's done for a while. Webb does well, the arm Webb lock does, yep, with yep, the yep. claw on the
1: backside of the arm lock. So Webb is one of the most impressive, this is a little off topic, but, uh, off topic, but Webb is one of the more impressive guys to completely transform his putting twice yes. and be one of the best players. Yeah, because he was a belly putter. Belly they putter. They took it away. Yep.
0: he went to traditional, and right. then he's now switched to the arm lock with the claw. And by yep. the way, he had a pretty good week looking down the leaderboard here. Webb Simpson was T six, along with Rory McIlroy and Louis Oosthuizen in the top five. Morikawa, of course, got the win. Horschel, Hovland, and Kepka were T two, and then Scotty Scheffler got himself a solo fifth. So he yeah. and he was too clear. You know, Scotty oh, though fixed.
1: cost himself a lot of money with that double he on did. sixteen because uh, if you look at the leaderboard here, Scotty finished fourteen under. Um, and with, if he just would have parred that hole, um, let me look at the money here. I mean, Scotty finished with like four hundred thirty grand. Um, t- tied second was seven hundred and eighty three grand. About if he would have finished that solo second, that would have. I mean, he cost himself maybe almost half a million yeah, with no that doubt. double on 16.
2: Especially someone in in Scheffler's situation who I, I believe he made the, the um, tour championship last year, but he's at a point to where he wants to win that son of a buck. So, yeah. I mean, but finishing solo fourth and solo or solo fifth and solo second, FedEx points, it's going to add up to a big difference when you get yeah. into the playoffs whenever they finally start to break everything I down. I should
1: also mention when we're talking about Scotty Scheffler, I was sitting there watching the golf of Brad Dahlke. He wanted me to mention that he called. Uh, Scotty Scheffler Birdie on, <laughs> so. Scheffler had the announcer's jinx to him. Uh, I, I forget which hole it was on Sunday, but they said, and Scheffler has not missed a fairway today, and he blows this thing oh like 60 yards right. Was right. that number nine? And it had pro tracer on it. What, was yeah. it, was it.
2: Was it the real guy to Mighty yeah. Swing? Oh, yeah, he yeah, yeah. yeah. Faraday, <laughs>
1: Faraday said he decided it was going right at the top of his backswing. Yeah. You know? And then he... and then, and then
2: Faraday's so good. That's the second know. best Faraday line of the day. I want to see if y'all <laughs> and, caught the other one. Go and, ahead. Uh,
1: and anyways... Brad looks at me, he goes, this is the type of stuff that Scotty does where he makes a birdie. And he hit this little Arnold Palmer finish through the trees to like 20 feet and rolls it in for birdie. That was one of
2: the best shots I'd seen. I was in, like, you play too
1: much golf with this man, Brad. You know him too well. But You,
2: you said Faraday had another good one yesterday or yeah, for the event? It, it was yesterday. So, so um Azinger brought up a few times during the tele- telecast about how he helped Cowboy with his chipping around Bermuda. And um, A. Zinger was kind of bragging about it. And one of the times Azinger was bragging about it, yeah. <laughs> Uh, Morikawa was using his fairway wood to putt on the opposite side and Faraday yep. with a dazing and he said, man, he really must have loved that chipping lesson you gave him. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's absolutely brilliant. The Faraday's the absolute best. Uh, our one and done picks from this past week, I had Tyrell Hatton, Louis Oosthuizen, and Emiliano Grillo. So Louis, Louis. Uh, kind of bailed me out there with his T6. Taylor, you had Victor Hovland got you a nice 788K for that T2. Climbing the leaderboard. Slowly yep. but surely. Slowly but surely. Also had Tyrrell Hatton and then Thomas Peters down in Puerto Rico. And then, Sam, you had Cameron Smith, who – Played three unbelievable rounds of golf and then sandwiched a 77. (laughs) One of these rounds is not like the other. Yes, it's like, yeah, it's like, where's Waldo on the scorecard? It's the 77 on Saturday, was Waldo for him. Patrick Reed looked like he had a chance for a while, ended up faltering back to, I think, a a T9.
1: Amazing snap hook yesterday on 12. So good. It was beautiful. beautiful.
0: Also, (laughs) Reed and Rory being paired together on a Sunday after all they've gone through this year and then both just playing such. I mean, Mediocre, average, whatever you want to call it. Neither one of them made a charge at the lead at any point. That had to have been an uncomfortable pairing. It had to be so uncomfortable.
1: And (laughs) I do want to say one thing about Rory is I felt like Rory played great golf this week, except for on Sunday. You know, he played still really solid golf, but you can't make four bogeys on Sunday and be up in contention on the back nine.
0: Yeah, you know, he didn't so. have his best stuff yeah. on Sunday. But by the way, real quick before we move back on, uh, Sam's biggest point-getter this week was actually Johnny Vegas down in Puerto yep. Rico. Got you 327000 He did have a multiple-shot lead at one point on yes, the back nine. Yeah. If he had won, that would have gotten you an extra 213 k yes. yep. So uh, in our our season standings, Taylor is at about 1700000 million. I'm at about $1.35 And Sam, you're, you're at about an even million. So yeah. Taylor's got a, a decently healthy lead, but nobody made – a, a mega move with like 2 million this week. So, no, good, no. good so, solid week of picks, I'm though. coming back, though. I'm coming back. I got no, a late start.
2: If you're within 700, I mean, all you need is a, a top three this next week. Purse is going to be about the same size. And I want to get into the course setup here, guys, for just a sec but, but before I do, bringing up Cameron Smith, during the third round, gentlemen, just, just to bring it up, overall, for the whole tournament, Cameron Smith gained um, 2.12 strokes. This is for the whole event. uh, Was minus .79 off the tee. Gained 1.72 for the event. In round three, Cameron Smith, total tee to green, lost 5.72 strokes to the field, minus 4.57 off of the tee. And it surprises Whoa. me,
1: he's such a straight driver of the ball normally, and he was in the other three rounds as well, and I, like, obviously he was my pick to win the tournament, I thought I was Nostradamus on the first two days, and then all of a sudden he goes out and shoots a 77.
0: You, you, but, you know how you describe a guy going 68, 66, 77, 67? Yeah, three you, words. You had a bender in there Friday night, no, I don't know. Three words, three words. Golf is, hard. Golf is hard. The concession is hard. The concession is hard. It's like, that's why I loved the concession because I can't imagine that Cameron Smith, and maybe he did feel 10 shots worse Saturday than he felt the rest of the week. But it's like at the concession, if you're just off by a little bit here and there. There are so many big numbers. It's not like you hit a bad shot, you get punished, and you make a bogey. No, if you hit a bad shot and it really punishes you at the concession, you're going to make double or triple Mm -hmm. or sometimes even quad if you end up in the wrong spot and you end up up against stuff. We saw Tony Finau make an early triple on Sunday. I loved the big number aspect of the concession because it made you, you know, if Morikawa hadn't been so rock solid, if it would have been like a Genesis where you have somebody like Sam Bird spraying it off the tee with the lead on the back nine on Sunday, it would have gotten so crazy and wild. I don't know if they'll be able to come back to this course in the future because of the limited space for fans, right? but I loved this golf course as a tournament golf course. And one one more thing on the course
1: is that... um, there was trouble off the tee, but also even on some easier holes. Like, what's the hole with the wedge shot where everyone was zipping it back into the water? Number eight, yeah, right? That's
0: a great uh, hole, a great, great hole.
1: hole because it's an easy hole and it, you're hitting wedge into it. But if you don't, if you land it hole high or short of the hole, it's probably going in the water. We saw Cam Smith get one of the worst breaks ever. He landed it like just past hole high, and it zipped back and almost stopped, and then rolled into the water. You know, and, and so like what I'm saying is. It was an entertaining course because you never knew what was going to happen, and that just goes to show how solid Morikawa was playing and driving the ball down the stretch because off the tee – like I said, um, <laughs> if you look at the guys that didn't play well, pretty much everyone off the tees was minus strokes. You know? Yeah,
2: and you, you you have to get the ball in play. And, and we should have, in all in all honesty, no one was really on Morikawa this week, not not just us. I mean, anyone out there. And we should have right. known it's a Nicholas golf course. Every, and for anyone who's played Nicholas golf courses, you got to be able to fade it around there. Because right it, right. and, and Nicholas, Nicholas loved to hit the fade. And you notice almost every hole out there, guys, where's the trouble? Left. Yep. And our boy Cam Smith, you get a little – you get a little bit off, what's your miss? Left. So, yeah. I mean, what you saw with, you brought up Scheffler yesterday. If mm-hmm. there's holes where you hit it in the water, you miss it, you hit it in the water by t- two yards and you have to re-tee because you didn't clear any land. And, right. I mean, that's that's very penalizing in my opinion. And, I don't know guys, I, 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 I like the course from a viewership perspective. I think that, you know, it's kind of like when when um, on our last show, our last interview with Taylor Gooch, for anyone who hasn't listened to it, make sure to go listen. That was an absolute fabulous show. When we kind of, towards the end, we got into, I want to not spoiler what we were talking about, but kind of into, you know, what is overrated, underrated, and how do you value that? And to me, just from, I really like the course and the viewership, but I think with how much praise it has been getting from everyone, I probably think it's a tad overrated compared to everyone else just because, you know, like for example, it was... The first par five on the back, or one of the par fives on the back, 13 or whatever it was, on Saturday, where all those guys, um, like Billy Horschel, hit a perfect shot in there, landed it front of the green, maybe even in the fringe. C- couldn't hold the green. It rolls off and rolls in the collection. And we all know how collections areas are, which is one thing that I th- wish would be improved was that it gets more spread out, right? Because everything starts collecting into one area, so now everyone has to drop and you have horrible lies. And then you can't even keep the ball on the green whenever you're chipping green and you hit a phenomenal second shot in there it's just i think there's certain areas where the course could be improved and that's what i'm saying i love the course i love the finish and i I, I would love for them to go back there but unfortunately i do believe too going back to your point colby if we are at a point to where we are can get full capacity of fans it's just one of those courses we're not going to be able to have events at and that's if we can get even more down a rabbit hole that's for this is for another topic of Pros and cons of having fans, but this is one of the pros of not having fans is that you can have events on tough golf courses like this that really penalize you for missing the fairway. Because if on courses where you can have fans, there's a reason you can't have fans because there's people that can stand there, and right. you can't have people stand in the water and the native trees and stuff at the right. concession. With the gators, the big old dinosaurs that they
0: had. How about <laughs> yeah. the one on Friday that had the wake behind it? Oh, oh, oh it had the one that had a big old fish in his mouth, yeah. big that bass was, or whatever. He type reminded of fish me head-ish. of the uh, Lake Placid gator. <laughs> You don't want to mess with that That's thing. That's a gator, man. Hey, hey, Underrate a gator.
1: Underrated
2: movie like Placid, by the way. <laughs> if go you ahead, ever Sam. go
1: play uh, Scottsdale Country Club, they have a gator on number 18. They call it Goliath. And so those things down in Florida. Uh, a real Florida, work? Yeah, real gator. It'll sit right there on the quick, bank.
2: Quick Oklahoma story. Isn't it? <laughs> I believe, I don't know if they still do. I played Battle Creek one time when I was younger. And okay. they, they had a sign on like the 11th hole that said, watch out for gators in the pond. Was it real? I I never saw one, but I saw a sign for it. Have have any of y'all played a golf course in Oklahoma and seen a a gator? No. Uh, Gator, no. Snakes, yeah, all the time. All the time, water moxing and stuff. But I swear up, I don't know if they still do at Battle Creek. Anyone who's played up there recently, let us know. I remember when I played it when I was 13 or so, off one of the holes, I swear on everything, it said, watch out, gator here. (laughs) I think they might have gotten you there, T-Dub. Uh, I, I, that, I, I was <laughs> a 12. I don't know if they wanted to panic you or whatever. I remember it was the South Central Tournament of Champions when I was, like, 13 years old. Go uh, ahead, Sam. You know,
1: I, one more thing on the course, too, is also interesting um, that you had Azinger and Gary Koch who also play there a bunch, and they were commentating, so they knew the course like the back of their hand, which was also pretty nice to listen to. Normally, I'm not the biggest Azinger fan uh, on the commentary. Yeah, yeah, I wonder why. But uh, – y- But he was actually really good this week and had some good insight towards the course. Um, And so that was interesting as well. Um, Also, I want to give a shout out to Abe Answer from OU. He helped me finish second in DraftKings, put me in the money again at seven under, top 20, tied for 18th. Um, Had Finao, Reed, Smith, Ustazen, and Ortiz. Ended up getting beat. by a few in the DraftKings, but uh, Abe answered another. Like I said at the start of the week, short game is going to be paramount on this course as well. And and he was about a stroke and a half up on the field, short game wise. So. Yeah,
0: yeah. What, good good when, week from Abe. I mean, great week from Vic. Good week from Abe. Yeah. Um. The only local guy. I mean, there were three in the field. Matthew Wolf obviously ha- had the really rough Thursday and withdrew, so he's he's clearly battling something right now. Looking for some game or looking for I don't I don't know what exactly uh, is going on with his game, but I hope he finds it soon because he's he's been struggling. Him for a little bit.
2: Yeah, I was just going to mention Sam had to be the one to bring up DraftKings because me and Kobe didn't cash, and we're the type to where if our success don't go our way, we don't talk about it. So, so <laughs> we wouldn't we have heard it. Especially Kobe's like that. Hey, so.
0: hey, hey, I still finished fifth this week. I was only Does ten points out of the money, but fifth is my worst finish in the last month. So I'm still, I'm still go. doing pretty well in the DraftKings. Tony Finau didn't cash this
2: no. week. <laughs> Tony Finau at DraftKings. No, no, I
0: won two weeks ago. By the way, Tony Finau coming in hot with those good rounds on Thursday and yep. Friday, and then backpedaled with even part rounds on the weekend. And his deal with
1: Tiger was really cool, putting the hat backwards and everything. We'll talk a little bit more Tiger
2: after the break. break. But shout out to Fee now though. I mean, he is known for having the Sunday woes. made the triple on number two, hit it in the water, but was what, five under on those next five holes? So give the man a little credit there. was able to bounce back from a an interesting start. So whenever you're, was that making two under through six holes with a triple? Not too bad.
0: Yeah, yeah. not too shabby whatsoever. And so. teed up
1: great horschel pick, by the way, too.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Like I said, that's that goes into the uh, DraftKings thing. I had a I had a t two, but I'm not going to bring because I, I you, you didn't make money. So you know it's it's like make it's like not making the cut and saying you played well. But you so. were right. You said that he would have one really good round, and he I, did. The so. One one interesting stat I couldn't believe whenever they said this. Billy Horst, he seems to have a lot of success down there, but has not won a tour event in Florida. I found that very interesting. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. that is weird. Because he's been out. He won the, what, 2013 or 2014 FedEx Cup? 2014.
0: 2014, yeah. yeah, Yeah. Because they showed the graphic yesterday that his daughter was born like two days after he won in 2014. I
2: remember it was a Ryder Cup year because that's when they changed whenever the Pixar came out because – Billy Horschel goes out and wins the FedEx Cup. Oh yeah! Well, US has already announced our team. Oh, let's not pick the hottest player in the world because we decided who our team was four months beforehand. Gosh yeah. dang! Pretty impressive hindsight's
1: twenty twenty, but that was really stupid. Pretty, pretty impressive for Horschel to finish T second with
0: see through pants on too. <laughs> so. he uh, he did have the nicest TW logos on the side of his hat though yep. well, why don't we do this why don't we take a break let's come back we've got a lot more to get into uh, Walker Cup team was announced this morning so we're going to dive into that that includes some local guys we're going to talk about what happened in Puerto Rico because there wasn't uh, an off uh, non, what's what's it called? What am I thinking of, Opposite Taylor? Opposite field. Opposite field event on the PGA Tour down in Puerto Rico. We've got LPGA Champions Tour, and, of course, we're going to talk Tiger Woods on the other side of the break. So nobody moving muscle. Stay with us here on the 73rd Hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma.
3: When something the size of a golf ball hits your roof, you need to call McCray Roofing. McCray Roofing is Oklahoma's designer roofing service specialist. For years, Jeff McCray and the experienced team at McRae Roofing and Exteriors have served fellow Oklahomans by helping them with their roofing needs.
0: Welcome back. Rolling along here on the 73rd hole. Colby Powell, Taylor Williams, and Sam Humphreys. We are the official podcast of Golf, Oklahoma. And fellas, before we get into the Tiger stuff, there was some more golf that was played this week, and there was some pretty good golf played this week. We'll start in Puerto Rico, and that was won by Brandon Grace. Sunday, 66, overcame multiple shot deficit to Jonathan Vegas on the back nine. Uh, so Brandon Grace, nice win in Puerto Rico. First win for Brandon Grace in five years. It's been a while for Brandon Grace. He, You remember there for a while, he was playing really good golf and got himself, uh, himself kind of up there in the official world golf rankings and then his game kind of went away so it's kind of nice to see him get a win this week
2: you know very shocking here guys looking at He's only thirty-two years old. I would have thought wow. he was a lot older than that. He's, I would have guessed forty. He, he, he's been out there for a while, but really, the main question now, guys, is: Is this his last win of his career? Because we know the Puerto Rico curse. Oh man, uh, how bad Does it Hovland break it, or I'll or, or, or is, is 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 it just inevitable? I mean, Sam, you had a great pick. Johnny Vegas solo second looked like he was going to get the deal done. I I had the jinx. I I sent it to you. I didn't do it on purpose, Sam. I said, looks like Vegas, you had a winner. I sent it out, and <laughs> and he lost. I apologize. I didn't I didn't do that. On on purpose too bad so sad purpose. for you buddy he totally did that did that I, if i believed in jinxes i would have done it on purpose but ne- I don't next time his that.
0: guys leading with five holes holes left shoot him a text hey tito <laughs> I- congrats
2: on the winner this well, week th- that's what you did for our email pull back at tory but i won't bring that up and if that wasn't my fault you know going you know reading down here you know Kobe your grillo pick which a lot of people had 13 under my boy thomas peters only shot two under on on sunday had he, had he done a little bit better could have could have had a little bit better showing, but but nevertheless. And then scrolling down, a lot of people had Ian Poulter finish minus seven. Um, OSU guy, Christoph Ventura, end up making the cut, having decent. Michael Gellerman as well, OU boy, making the cut. So a little bit of local flavor down there as well. But um, but I think really just going out of that, guys, like I said, is, did Javi break the Puerto Rico curse, or is he just going to be the exception to the rule? That's kind of where I'm at on all this.
0: Um, I mean, he's more likely to be the exception to the rule because guys who win in Puerto Rico aren't, you know, it's not Justin Thomas and Colin Morikawa. I mean, those, those guys aren't in the field down there. Victor, Tony Finau. Tony Finau, yeah. again, hasn't won since Puerto Rico. Obviously, he's one of the best players in the world, just can't find the winner's circle. I, I think Finau will win at some point, but I, I mean, I'm not going to be picking Brandon Grace to win a full field event anytime in the near future. But By the way, we should mention Bo Van Pelt uh, who's playing on his exemption this year. Great weekend. He went 71-72, just barely made the cut, and then he goes 67-67 on the weekend and gets a top 15. So, really good week for Bo Van Pelt.
1: Very nice. Very nice by Bo Van Pelt. Um, Obviously, I was rooting for Johnny Vegas with the one-and-done pick, but uh, it was too much to overcome. Brandon Grace coming down the stretch, I mean, he finished eagle birdie, um, and he he actually eagled the par Four, 17th and then Birdie the par 5 18th. Um, and I mean, it wasn't necessarily a choke. He only made one bogey on the day. He shot 65 Johnny Vegas. So, um, I mean, that was just a really solid week. I mean, anytime you can have a one and done pick finish second like I'll take it
2: yeah and we mentioned it on our, on our previous show boys you know for a tournament like that like Colby had Grillo finish 11th with seven, 75 points or 75k points or something like that uh, for, yeah, uh, Grillo. Like so, that so, for so nothing that's almost a top 10 not going to be much of a, a needle mover but 300 and something for, for you Sam for a solo yeah. second that, that's that's going to move you up a little bit so in a very small event to get anyone in the top three or so is definitely, is definitely something good and you know move on to the other tours here guys um you <laughs> You know, I think Phil was shooting for something—nothing like that no one had ever done before. First, uh, when your first three events and your first three starts are on a tour. And unfortunately, I gave him the kiss of death by betting on him Wednesday night. So <laughs> Phil decided to finish DFL in the field and um, it looked like Kevin. So- um, Kevin Sutherland was the guy who got it done. Mike Weir was leading for a lot of the event, didn't get it done. Steve Stricker finished third. Just reading down some other names here. Um, guy that finished T eighth. Marco Omiro want to give a shout out to him because uh, Morikawa mentioned that O'Meara was the one. Who helped him with his putting? Grip. And
1: Azinger. He said that Azinger gave him some tips this week. as Yeah, well. yeah,
2: yeah. He, he mentioned Azinger was more Chipping. more around the greens. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. And we we had mentioned that earlier when he was using his uh, fairway wood to to putt around. But uh, a, a I, name, he noticed that was just a, a kind of a joke. Go ahead. A James. name I haven't
1: seen in a long time. Two names uh, that I haven't seen in a long time. Really, uh, I mean, first I just lo- I used to love KJ Choi, and it's good to see him playing some golf again. KJ
0: Choi was awesome. I back in loved the day.
1: KJ Choi. Can you? It, he's got to be the only guy ever to be a professional weightlifter and then make it onto the PGA Tour. I KJ learned Troy that KJ Choi was, was a
0: professional yeah. weightlifter at this very moment. I, you
1: didn't know it, that? No. How is he? A profi- he's
2: like 5'5". Five five. How is he a <laughs> what, professional what, what weightlifter? Oh, I, I'm looking this up right now. He's in his look division, uh, 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 That is a that is good point. That is a good point. Um, you know, one thing about KJ Choi, he was the original – I don't. I don't know if it was a SuperStroke brand, but he was the original Jumbo putter grip guy. You know, he was the first. He was. The first KJ Choi
0: had the big old fat, fat man. Yeah, the fat, putter the, grip. the fat.
2: The, he was the OG fatso, uh, so grip. And you know, um, Oklahoma flavor. I don't know if you want to consider this giving a shout out. Our man, our man uh, Scott Verplank was playing good all week. Had a horrible last round, plus seven. Ended up finishing. Uh, what was he? Minus four for the tournament, I believe. Um, I was second. down there with Phil, I think. He finished down there with Phil, had it really rolling here. But, I mean, I want to make sure. I, I actually get it. finished down at two under the day. He went
0: 67-70-80. So, it all went wrong for Verplank on Sunday. But that opening 67 is something to potentially build on, you know. Yep. Get that feeling in your hands of being in contention. Be nice to see him go out and have a, a couple nice finishes on the Champions Tour.
2: And, yeah. and like you mentioned, Sam, um, when you were talking about when you were um, working on that story, um, you know, looking at here, Verplank's now 56 years old. He's right; he's getting past yeah. that precipice of the 50 to 55 where you still have those old juices right. in you that you had. So it's good to see Verplank out there, um, especially with, um, was it is it arthritis that he has real bad? In uh, the elbow. In the elbow, yeah. yeah just I know. a bunch
1: of elbow and shoulder issues in the past. Yeah, you know?
2: I, know, I know he's been battled a lot of injuries, so it's really anytime you have someone, especially with what we're about to get into with Tiger, anyone who's battled injuries able to go out there and keep going is really good.
1: Yeah, uh, by the way, K.J. Choi was a weightlifter. Uh, His nickname uh, with his guys is The Tank, after his days as a competitive weightlifter. (laughs) Choi Choi realized his passion for golf as a teenager and pursued it later on after his weightlifting Good move.
0: A lot more money in golf than weightlifting.
1: Uh, Okay,
2: and and one thing, look at K.J. Choi's swing. It is the most anti-weightlifter swing you've ever seen. It is a complete (laughs) over-the-top cut little weak slice out there. That is... how you, what? I, I I don't know if I believe this story. By, by the way, that's, I, play, that's player's champion KJ Choi. Yeah. That's a very Some good point. Uh, major, major champion KJ Choi. Uh, yeah. Also, look <laughs> at, major players. You got
1: a bunch of good players uh, gearing up for southern hills on the champions tour as well coming up in may you got and just one more reason to go uh get your tickets for the senior pga look at these names that were in the top 20 this week on uh the champions tour you have guys like marco mira david toms the mechanic miguel angel jimenez jerry kelly and then you have Go down, you have guys like Olin Brown who we have seen I on Elf. the golf channel. I can't T- remember. Fred Couples Ratif Goosen finished uh Ratif Goosen finished T eleventh this week and he has won at Southern Hills, which yep. would be interesting. Yeah, that's what i was gonna Ernie say. Elf, all- Bernard Longer, Kenny Perry, Jim Fury. I mean, Fred Couples, these guys are legends of the game, and you're gonna get to see all these guys up at Southern Hills. Th-
2: these are the same guys I remember being there in two thousand one, two thousand seven. Yeah. <laughs> these are the guys yeah. that were playing the same league, guys there yeah. too. Yep. And you know, we think about it, and you know, I still think about it now. I mean I can't believe we're even in the 2021, let alone, we just now hit March, boys. So, yep. I mean, May, um, what is it, third week in May, I believe, or whenever? Uh, they, uh, Memorial Day. As Memorial Day, the, the, mem-
0: the 27th through the 30th, yeah. Okay, so yeah.
2: last week of May. I mean, It is it, the week after the PGA champion, okay. Championship. Okay, okay week after. I yep. thought it was yep. the week before. That's why, my apologies. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be right around the corner, guys. So, yeah, just like you said, Sam, make sure to get your tickets to that. I know that that will, that will be there because, I mean, you just listed off the names. You got through about a third of those listed names, Sam, and I said, yep. count me in, it doesn't matter, then yep. we could just keep on going. So.
0: Yeah. Absolutely. And there was another great event this week on the LPGA Tour. Nelly Korda gets the win. So Jessica Korda won last week on the LPGA Tour. This week Nelly Korda wins. It's a good time to be a Korda. I can't imagine what their parents think as they're just dominating the LPGA week in and week out. And Annika
1: as well. And and The
0: very Annika
2: story. Hadn't hadn't played
0: in 13 years, comes out and makes the cut. But but guys, kind of the way. One
2: thing about Annika, did we see the cut streak? That went around about her. Uh not the cut streak, uh, but, but the, right, cut, the percentage. cut percentage. I'm sorry. Yes. yes, cut percentage. What was it? 90 90-
0: 97.1% of cuts Is in that her good? career. And she added to it this week after 13 years off. Not really, no. <laughs> I think it's pretty shit, personally. <laughs> after 13 years off, she added to it. Uh, How so good it a, do you have to week? be at
2: the game to do that? Unbelievable. I mean, yeah. seriously. I yeah. mean, it's unbelievable. And, you know, I think Annika's most known for um, playing in the Colonial, the one year I believe is 2003. And unfortunately, I mean, anytime you're under that immense amount of pressure, you don't know. I mean, if there was any course that suited up for um Annika to make the cut and actually contend at PJ Turbin, it would have been Colonial. I, I would have liked to have seen gotten at least a couple more pins because we forget boys, she was dominant in the LPGA. She was not quite to the Tiger effect of dominance in 2000, but she yeah. was darn close. She was one. Of, she was one. One of the most dominant athletes of, of her time, really, in their sport, and so I think people forget how, especially with how much she's brought to the game now since she's left, which has been tremendous, but I think we just kind of forget and have a little bit of lack of appreciation for how good Annika truly was. Yeah.
0: Yeah, Annika was unbelievable, and, and I was going to ask y'all, you know, Nellie Corda has really done some great things on the LPGA Tour. She's American. She's ranked fourth in the world now. She's 22 years old. She's done some winning. Nellie corda it's a lot of pressure to put on her, but she could be exactly what the LPGA needs, uh, an American golfer who's young, who's doing good things, who's winning. It's, that could bode really well for the LPGA Tour if she turns into the next big star because, I mean, when was the last time the LPGA had a big American star? Lexi what? Thompson, I mean, she's pretty big.
1: Yeah, yeah but, but she's not Michelle she's, Wee,
2: she's, Michelle, Michelle Wee was close. Michelle Wee was closer Michelle than Wee what? was close. But that's because she was she won the um the women's pub links at thirteen years old, almost made the cut yeah. the Sony open at fifteen right. or something ridiculous. So she was that eye catcher that got you out there. And um you know, I think going to your point, Colby, I think it's really just gonna be how you market yourself, right? Because you all know as a baseball fan, Mike Trout may be the best baseball player of all time and hardly anyone talks about him because his marketing for baseball is terrible. So, yeah. you know, a lot of the times it's... And it's a little different in golf because you're essentially independent contractors versus being part of a team. But I think that Nellie in herself in the court is they can do themselves a favor by branching out. Kind of like what Ricky Fowler's done. You know, branch yourself out, make sure people know who you are, whether it be be flashy, be in some more commercials, um, you know, just anything like that. I think that if they are able to do that, I think that will gather more more women to the game because, like we said, guys, this last year has, has been able to grow the game so much over such a, a tragic period. Yeah. And um, I think women's golf has a big market that can be grown, and I think the quarters can definitely help and, with
1: that. You know, I think. This isn't just with women's golf or men's golf. You know, it's with any sport. I think when you have a dominant athlete, um, it helps grow the game. And so I think that that's really what the LPGA needs right now is a, another Annika or like we've seen Tiger do in the men's game. I mean, he was absolutely dominant and it grew the game. Now,
2: one thing, I, uh, just before we get into Tiger, because this kind of segues into it, what – because, you make the the point you make, Sam, is completely perfect. Of we, a dominating athlete is really good for the sport. Yeah. But why is it that dominating teams like the Patriots and the Alabama for for um, college football, but we and everyone says that that's bad. That dynasties are bad, and I'm just wondering why. In golf and individual sports, why is it that the individual prevails so much more than the team success? I don't know. Do y'all have I, any input on that?
0: I don't necessarily agree I with that. I, I think the, the Patriots have been great for the NFL. Well, well you, I,
2: you love the Patriots, and your wife's a, a huge Patriots fan. Well, I mean, the know? Patriots have been good for the NFL. Yeah. Tom Brady's been
0: good for the NFL. I also think it's different to compare pro and college. I think Alabama's bad for college football, but that's because in the NFL, everybody plays on an even playing field. Yeah. That's a different conversation about the fact that college athletics has no interest in having parity. In any of their sports, uh, and they design their rules that way. Whereas pr- professional sports, so I guess do it I guess
2: for my argument to bring up would be the the college would be the more college aspect of it instead of the pros because, like you said, everyone's on an even playing field. I'm just curious as to why. Like I said, we look at these teams who just completely win, 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 and we think, oh, well, you know, this is just kind of a factory putting it out. But like I said, we, when we get the big individual stars and they go out and steal the show, they yeah. seem to – I mean, it just seems to gravitate everyone to it. I'm just curious as to know. why there's I, a kind of a different stigma there. I think
1: you can look at it however way you want to look at it. All I know is that when I go buy a ticket to watch a game, I'm going to watch a player. the star. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not going I'm to watch the team. I'm going to watch the star. You know what I mean? Like, whoever it is. And that's how the LPGA, back to the point, is going to grow the game and get more people involved in the LPGA. If you have some dominant woman out there, yeah, I also think
0: watch. because we all have our allegiances to our teams. So like I'm already a Dallas Cowboys fan. So yeah. if the Patriots are great and they're winning every year, it's it's annoying because yeah. I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan, but it's it's like it gives you that Goliath to try to knock off. Whereas I feel like in individual sports, we we don't all you, you know, like once Jack was gone and then Tiger came along, Everybody just flocked to Tiger because it's not like everybody was like totally entrenched in. I'm only ever going to be a Phil fan and I'm going to hate everyone else. I think it's just easier to fall in love with a a, an individual person who's an athlete than it is a whole team that you haven't been rooting for your whole life. That's
2: exactly why I asked the question because that's kind of how I was thinking it. I just didn't know how to phrase it. So thank thank you guys very much. I I will
1: say this one: there's a point that I want to make about. you have tiger who grew the game and now it has more parody than golf has ever had. And I think that's a good thing, but what I'm saying for the LPGA, why it needs a dominant athlete, the NFL doesn't need a dominant athlete to be popular. The NBA doesn't need a dominant athlete to be popular, even though it has had MJ or, and LeBron who have dominated and made the game more popular, you know? So, my point is, if the LPGA can have another Annika now in this modern modern era and of social media that they haven't had yet, I think that the LPGA could even get bigger and bigger.
2: Yeah, I think I that think it so could too. be one of
1: the more popular women's
2: sports, to be so, honest. Social, social media is going to be the way for for the LPGA, I believe, yeah. to get get yeah. to get to that that next level where they deserve to be.
0: Yeah, and they've grown a lot. And another thing that's helped
2: the LPGA is on DraftKings now.
0: Why wouldn't the LPGA on DraftKings before? I don't know, but you can get on DraftKings, fill out your lineup, make sure you put an Ellie Cord in it. You're gonna Yep. to do that. Uh, all right. So before we get into the Tiger stuff, I want to remind everybody, go see our good friends at Diffie Ford Lincoln. Diffie Ford Lincoln is just 15 minutes west of the Oklahoma City Metro and has been selling cars and trucks to Oklahomans for 66 years. To last that long in the automobile business, you have to treat people like family, and that is exactly what the Diffie team prides itself on. So come on by, check out the new 2021 Ford F-150 or the all-new Lincoln Navigator. They also carry one of the best selections of pre-owned vehicles in in the state. So if you hate the typical car dealer hassle and are looking for a different experience on your next vehicle purchase, give Diffie's a call and feel free to ask for Lane Diffie. That's right, you can deal directly with the owner. Head to Diffie Ford Lincoln at 15 minutes west of the Metro on Interstate 40 in El Reno. Gentlemen, we were uh, just finishing up recording our preview for the WGC last week. We were waiting on Taylor Goose to show up for an interview, and we get the news that Tiger Woods has been in a car accident. And and it obviously, for all of us Tiger fans, brings back terrible memories and horrible flashbacks to Thanksgiving 2009. And, and for about the first hour, we didn't really have that much information as to whether Tiger was even alive or stable or critical or what was wrong. And then we find out after an hour, and then a couple hours goes by, we found out that he suffered pretty Severe and traumatic leg injuries. They were using terms like the jaws of life, talking about prying him out of the car with the jaws of life, which a couple things on that. One, it's not as scary as it sounds. It's basically just a spreader. You just stick something in the door and it spreads it open with hydraulics. And two, I read later on that they didn't use the jaws of life, they just used an axe. So it was a range of emotions Tuesday. The situation has developed since then. Tiger obviously now is stable. He's been moved from the UCLA facility to Cedars-Sinai Medical Center where he received additional procedures later in the week. He tweeted out yesterday how thankful he was for all the tributes that were paid to him yesterday. It's just been it, it's been a hell of a six days with Tiger, uh, and I, I don't know which one of you want to start, but it's it, <sighs> it, it, it was tough when it broke. It's still tough now,
1: but it certainly could have been a lot worse. Well, I guess we'll start from the beginning when – we finished our first uh like you said the preview show and we were waiting on Taylor Gooch to get there for the interview and it took me back when i heard that news and you said that tiger had been in a car accident and then we saw the picture and it had the genesis invitational logo on it which meant that that picture was real it took me straight back to Kobe Bryant uh and it it that it made your gut like your stomach drop and it was just um it was scary. It was really scary. Um, especially how we've seen Tiger come back, um, from so many depths in his past to have this happen and to have this happen so unexpected. I mean, we saw him on TV on Sunday and then we saw him with David Spade and D Wade, uh, on Instagram the next day, doing some filming for, um, one of his shows, you know? Um, but I don't know where, where, T Dub, like what what were your gut reactions when M- we first heard the news?
2: Man, I, I tell you what, when when you hear something like that and we we had discussed potentially maybe doing a, a little a little show to kind of keep everyone up to date. I, I felt like it was in our best interest to hold off till till today, just because the news outlets it's just such an arm race to get news out there, and we don't know what's right, what's wrong, and we don't want to come out and provide any false news and or anything like that. Um, really, just getting back to to Tiger in general, it's it's so sad because it's almost like you have to eliminate the golf side of it now. And Mm -hmm. you have to just focus on him as a person. And we talk about how I, I always believe that you should deserve, you deserve a second chance, right. And, in almost every situation. And for people who are able to go through hardships, for example, tiger made mistakes in his life and has been able to rebound from that and had success in his career. And with his family, it's hard not to root for the guy. And, Mm -hmm. So now it's at a point of we have to stop rooting for him on to win major championships, and we need to root for him to to walk again, to live a normal life, to be able to go out like our parents did when we were junior golfers, and watch our watch us play like he wants to do with Charlie and, right. and caddy
0: for Charlie, he caddy for, for Charlie all last summer,
2: caddy for right. Charlie, yeah, just just to do the things and and to go be able to watch Sam do whatever she wants to do, and and to be there for, just be there for his family and. I think something that happened um, during the telecast, which is very very telling. Um, Colby, you're a kind of an English expert, so you kind of know how important something like this could be. Nota Begay, whenever he was talking about, and and I do not like Nota Begay as a commentator whatsoever. But they they brought up, you know, how everyone was wearing red and all this, and Nota Begay used the phrase. Everyone realized the impact Tiger had on the game of golf. This is someone who's very close to Tiger and used the word "had" and hasn't used the word "has," hasn't used the word anything like used. He he used the word past tense, basically phrasing to me that this is kind of the end of it. And this is from someone who knows him very well. Obviously, to may have just you know, obviously it's just I, I I took it as one of those things where it was an underlying tense of, it was underlying phrasing of. It's it's just as bad as we think it is. It's He's not coming back. And I will say this. Th- this is the last thing I'll – well, the, one of the last things I'll say about Tiger. I went through a point to where – because you can look at it two different ways when you see a great athlete, right? Like, no one for the Bulls will ever wear number 23 again, right? No one for the Lakers will ever wear number 8 or number 24 out of respect, right? right? So I went through a stretch, in my opinion, where I thought red and black, that's Tiger. That's yeah. for Tiger. That's for him to wear. That's that. That's his uniform, yeah. and no one else n- needs to wear that on Sunday besides him. My comp- my opinion has changed one eighty. I will any tournament that is more than two days long. I will wear red and black on the final round every single day until yeah. the, until the last tournament I play. I yeah. promise that well, is something that I will do.
1: You know, it, all right. So going back um, to Sunday when we saw him on the interview La- with last Jim Sunday Nance. with at the Genesis. Yeah, yeah. When yeah. he was on on at riviera with jim nance um obviously i don't want to speculate on things that i don't know about tiger's wreck you know and everything but however what i do know and everything is sunday with jim nance he didn't look like himself and his face was swollen and his answers weren't as articulate as they had been and so the other thing that i do know is he's coming off from micro his fifth back surgery and when you have a micro disectomy um they do prescribe pain medication for 90 days. And then we've also seen the history of Tiger's pain medication. So obviously they didn't check for that at the scene. Um, and I don't want to speculate about any of that. Um, but I'm just saying that it, it, there, there could be some other stuff coming out in the future of um, whether they check the blood at the hospital or not but I just wanted to bring well, that and, up.
0: And it's important, you know, whenever the accident first happened on Tuesday, there was a lot of speculation uh, about whether Tiger was under the influence of anything. The sheriff came out, said that there would have been no reason to to believe that there was. Uh, now, now, Tiger, fairly or unfairly, due to his behavior and his actions in the past, has brought those questions on himself. In this particular instance, if the sheriff who was there tells me that there was no reason to believe that he was under the influence of anything, then I, I think that we're just left to take the sheriff's word Fair. for it. Yeah. Um, you, you know, cause that's the information that we have about what took place last Tuesday. I totally
1: agree. I just wanted to bring that point up that it, it, for some reason he didn't look like himself on that Sunday, but anyways, back to, uh, back to the, the injuries themselves of the car wreck. We know that he had a common common com, open fracture, which um, basically that means that um, he broke his leg and, Two different places, or more than two places. It,
0: it means that the bone break was not a clean, like right. clean bone break. It right. means it it broke in more right. than two places.
2: And, th- th- broke, they're comparing it to it the Alex Smith injury. Yeah, right. The right. The Alex it broke
1: Smith. a lot. Exactly, and like it the took nerve, two
2: years to come back. It, like.
1: So basically, what happened with Alex Smith was the nerves, arteries, and muscles uh, didn't heal exactly right, which poses a very high risk of infection. Then also the point, another point is what we do know about Tiger is we're not, they're not talking about his left leg yet because at first they said that he broke both legs. Now they're just talking about the right leg. He broke his tibia and fibia and shattered his ankle. Um, and I mean, it's basically, uh, I heard one doctor talking and said that he will never, if if he ever um, even is able to be healthy again, as far as the knee and the we haven't even mentioned the ACLs. We haven't even mentioned the ankle and the back and everything, but he'll definitely probably walk with a limp is what this uh, doctor was saying. But I will, to top all this off, there's one person on the planet that I will never root against and never bet against, and I. I it's Tiger Woods. And I think that if he did come back and even play in another golf tournament – On the PGA Tour, I think that would top his comeback of the greatest comeback in sports history in 2019.
0: Yeah, I mean, this would be up there, you know, back in the day, Ben Hogan got hit by the bus. He came back and played some more. This would be, look, a a lot of people... Ben Hogan was
2: younger, too. Ben
0: Hogan was younger. Ben Hogan had not been through physically what Tiger's been through physically to this point. And you mentioned the back, Sam. We haven't gotten any updates on the back. If it was tweaked in the accident, if it's an issue, Um, obviously, if something's wrong there. He he faces, you know, it's going to be a full year probably before we, we can even think about Tiger being close to full health. And, you know, at this point, I think Tiger over the next year is going to have to decide – and nobody can make the decision but him – whether he wants to try to even come back. Yeah. Maybe he just wants to go hang out with his kids now. And if he does, he he does not owe us another golf swing no. in his life. No. But if he decides that, that he doesn't want it to end like that, if he decides that he wants to show his kids that no matter what happens, you can come back from it, if he wants to go out there and do it. I know Alex Smith, we talk about him. He talked a lot about... The sole reason that he wanted to come back was that he wanted to show his kids that no matter how low you get, you can always come back from it. And maybe Tiger wants to do that. Maybe he doesn't. But that's a decision that only he can make. And and obviously, he'll do a lot of reflection over the next year.
2: Yeah. And, you know, there's a lot of ways that he can, that Tiger, obviously, he has the Tiger Woods Foundation now, has had it for numerous years. Maybe that becomes his main priority, besides his kids, is to try to help other people. Maybe he. Um, Unfortunately, if he's not able to swing a club, maybe he becomes a huge advocate in growing the game and and giving lessons. And, and, you know, that's that's one thing that that I'm – one that kind of get into is because there's all the reports. You know, people talking about they didn't have the toxicity report. The one of the reports that did come out, I believe it was TMZ who reported it. Was that it was early in the morning, around seven a.m. or something like that. He drove past seven twelve. Seven twelve. He drove. What was it, he drove past a um, was it someone shooting a, a movie or something like that, or he, he drove past a group of people and drove really fast, right? And yeah. the premise was that he was in a hurry to get somewhere, right? And he, he was uh, supposed to be at Golf Digest at 7.30. He was supposed to be there at 7.30, right? So, yeah. And from someone like Tiger, we know that he's taken medication t- to sleep before, right? So, in my opinion, from just from looking at it, it could just simply be a man who just overslept and stayed up late and yeah. just woke up late because I mean, they say, they say guys that if you're on like three hours of sleep, you're just as intoxicated as you are off like four beers. Because, yeah, and, you know, and I
0: don't know, by the way, there has been some speculation that maybe he fell asleep at the wheel. Maybe that's what happened. I, I don't know if either one of you have ever done that. I did it one time no. in Marlowe, Oklahoma. I woke up in another lane, somebody honked at me. And if it would have been five more seconds, I would have gone headfirst into the taco Mayo sign in Marlowe and who
2: knows what would have happened. Wow. And- you and, weren't on anything, right? I was not just on t- anything. You just it was, tired. It was
0: one o'clock in the afternoon. I was exhausted. I hadn't been sleeping well, and it was it was truly one of the scariest moments of my life. I like I pulled my car over, had a little bit of a, a mini like panic attack on the side of the road. Like it was legitimately terrifying wow. to fall asleep at the wheel. And you know if that is what happened, it's just so. You know, it's almost one of those things where they say those are the best kind of car crashes for the person because your body goes limp whenever you're asleep, whatever, and then you get woken up by tense, the accident. Yeah. So, again, we don't know exactly what happened. Also, we should note it's a very dangerous road. That's what so, I was about to say. So, yeah. so far this year, there have been 14 accidents already on that road. Four of those have come along with injuries, and, and they've even designed a little bit further up from where Tiger was sandy areas for runaway cars because the hill is so steep and you can gain some so much speed without realizing it and then you won't be able to make that turn so we should also note that it is it's not like he was just driving down a a flat road on the plains of Oklahoma it's a steep hill and what is apparently a very dangerous area
1: yeah and that brings me back to just the main point should be the main point for everyone And we're just lucky that he's alive and yes. lucky that we still have him. And I think that's why all the golfers on tour and everybody around the world, but we saw the golfers on tour uh, praising Tiger and thanking Tiger and wearing red. It's because it shook us to our core. We're like, we could have lost him, like, very, very easily. And it it just shows how fragile life is. And um, and it also shows the impact um, that Tiger has made on all of us. I mean, he's the reason why I play golf. I think he, he's the reason why pretty much everyone um, – my age, uh, thinks golf is cool is because of tiger woods and it's not just golf. It's in life. Look at his comeback. I mean, he taught us so much about self-confidence and, and learning how to play the game and live life and do your best at everything that you can possibly do, you know? And, and so, um, I mean, tiger is, uh, probably just the biggest has made the biggest impact of any celebrity athlete, um, anything of our generation, at least in my eyes. So, Mm -hmm.
2: This might be the most important thing I have or will ever say on this podcast, and Morikawa said it best. Really, after his interview, we don't say thank you enough, right? To to people that you love that you care about. He mentioned how he lost his grandfather last month. A very similar Justin Thomas lost his grandfather, and Colby, I know you lost your grandfather a few months ago now, and obviously he he was older, and that was you know expected. And I've we've all had some sort of tragedy in our lives, and you know you. Number one thing is you never realize what you have until it's gone, and we do not say thank you enough. And just for people out there listening, if you have loved ones who you haven't talked to in a while, reach out to them. Just say hello. Send them a text. Just give them a call Um, because you never know what will happen tomorrow. And if if you have kids, you have parents now that you see every day, don't take seeing them every day for granted because they may not be there the next day. You just – you never know. There's so many things in this world that are out of our control. We, we have no idea why Tiger's in the situation that he is now. In the end of the day, it really doesn't matter um, because we just want him to get better. And for everyone out there listening, to, for your parents, kids, loved ones, whatever it is, give them a hug, give them a kiss, tell them you love them and – Never take what you have in front of you for granted because you never know when it will be taken away.
0: Yeah, life is precious. This is the 73rd hole, the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. That was Taylor Williams, Sam Humphreys. I am Colby Powell. We did save a good positive story for the end of the podcast uh, as we uplift everybody before we get out of here. The 2021 United States Walker Cup team has been announced. Let me just rattle off these names right quick. John Pack, Stuart Hagestad, Ricky Castillo, Tyler Strafacci, Davis Thompson, Pearson Cootie from down at Texas, William Mao, Cole Hammer, another horn, and then, of course... The two guys from in-state, both high up in the PGA Tour U-rankings from Oklahoma State, Austin Eckrote, and from the University of Oklahoma, Quade Cummins. Uh, the Walker Cup will be played this year. Two-day competition, May 8th and 9th, being contested at Seminole Golf Club in Juneau Beach, Florida. You'll remember that's the Donald Ross design where they held the TaylorMade Driving Relief during COVID. Uh, great golf course. Really loved seeing it. And now the Walker Cup heads that way. Uh, and, Sam, I, I know that you you know Austin Eckrote and Quade Cummins. Good. Uh, Good guys, great golfers from the state of Oklahoma, and and this will be an honor, and I'm sure a blast for these guys to get to participate in the Walker Cup.
1: I mean, it's the biggest honor you can get pretty much as an amateur golfer. It's going to be an awesome experience. If you go back through uh, past Walker Cup teams, you'll see names that are on the leaderboards on – professional golf tours all around the country um, every year. Um, legends come from this stuff. And so, um, as far as Quade and Eckroat go, those are the two guys that I know on the team. Um, Quade is obviously just... He's fr- a country boy from Weatherford, Oklahoma. To make a Walker Cup team, that's got to be something special um, for Quade. I mean, he's gotten so much better. Just really consistent player. Um, OU... I mean, his career at OU has been awesome. Uh, as far as Ekro goes, you know, Ekro I obviously played high school golf with him. That's really cool to see, um, an Edmund North guy in the Walker cup. It's going to be really entertaining to see and, um, like I said, I, I love this uh, American team. I think that they're going to dominate this thing. So I,
2: I I love the Walker Cup, guys. It's one of the one of the better events out there. Obviously, still known for it's essentially for for anyone out there listening who doesn't know what it is. It's essentially the amateur version of the Ryder Cup, is what it is. Yeah. And so it's USA versus Europe. Obviously, we want US to win every time. US, I believe. I, don't have the full record in front of me. Have we've had a little bit more success over the last two decades than than in the Ryder Cup. So that's uh,
0: you, uh, you want the uh, you want the record absolutely. USA leads the overall series that began in 1922. Thirty-seven, nine, and one, so one tie. But it's been more competitive over the last three decades. The last three decades, the USA uh, since 1989 holds a nine-to-seven advantage. So okay. over well. the last, uh, yeah, what is that, thirty years? Really competitive.
2: Yeah, competitive, but still better than better than the Ryder Cup. So, <laughs> which is sad to say. But uh, but yeah, I think the US has had a great team here. I'm trying to look here. Um, looks like that the uh, the international team has been was announced a little bit ago. Um, I I'm trying to find it to make sure. I'm not seeing any While you're looking at that, I was
1: just going to mention some of the other guys on this team. I mean, you have John Pack, who's number one in the PGA Tour U. Florida State. uh, Florida State guy. You have Davis Thompson. Um, who we got to see at the uh, East Lake Cup uh, over how, there? Er, how,
0: real quick, how about Tyler Hagestad? Uh, pardon me, Stuart Hagestad on the team. Twenty nine years old. He was low am at the Masters. What, like six seven years ago? Uh, got in as a mid am exemption. He works in finance and hell. plays golf on the side. But he's like, he's one of the most elite amateur players in the world. It's awesome. But he's nearly thirty and he's playing in the Walker I, Cup. I, he's, it's awesome. I, I
2: show this during during the uh, uh, right before we came on. You think Stuart Hagestad hasn't taken more than $750 at any point? No, during- <laughs> of course not, Taylor. He <laughs> wouldn't have his amateur status. I mean, gosh, dang, come, then, come also, on. Come on, amateur status. Also, give
1: us
0: a break. up until now, he could only take it in clubhouse credit. So he could,
1: now he yeah. can take
2: cash. Good point. Now and, he can take cash. And so it looks like, here, i will just go to read off some of the names. on the Col- end.
1: Cole Hammer, also another yep. Texas guy uh, who I've known a little bit. Uh, great guy and great player. Obviously, he had success in the US Open back in the day when he was like 14 years old making the cut.
2: Yep. Yeah, yeah, so. one of the youngest to, to even qualify and then yep. end up making the cut, I believe. Yeah. Yep. So How much um, money did you make that week? I'm sorry $750 In clubhouse credit Unless he had already taken that up before the year Then he couldn't have taken anything So uh, I'll read off some of these names here I just have the list here I don't have any school affiliation or anything like that This is the international team I see uh, Sandy Scott, Jake Bolton, Barkley Brown uh, Caleb Ferrer, Angus, Fangolin, Benjamin Jones Maddie Lamb, Tom McKinnon, John Murphy Joseph Padden, Mark Power um, some name I really cannot read, and Benjamin <laughs> Schmidt. Um, yeah, so I, I, I did not recognize of any of those names. So, boys, go out there and... Um Beat, uh, beat Europe back, uh, back across the pond because it is at Seminole this year where we ha- watched the uh, TaylorMade Relief where DJ, Ricky, Rory, and our boy Matt Wolf all played at. So, go- one of the best golf courses I've ever I've ever seen on television. So, I know that I don't know what the viewership and what the coverage of the Walker Cup will be like this year, but I know that when it is on, I will be watching because that is one hell of a tournament. I would
1: love to see a little Austin ekro Quake Cummins four-ball pairing too. Oh, how sweet would that, that be? That
2: would be sick. That- That'd yeah, be sweet. Yeah, you would have to think that they would. Uh, do, do, we ha- do we have? Do we have? Do we know who the captain is of the U.S. team? Can we look that? Oh, up? Oh, that's a good question. I don't have it in front of me. No. But, well, we can. Yeah. Uh, we can, We here, here we go. Let's go to the tab that says captains. Uh, that, uh,
0: by the way, I should note as well. There uh, are, there Nathaniel are two, Crosby. There are two alternates for the team: McClure Meissner, who plays at uh, SMU, and the other alternate is Gary Reband. Garrett Reband. Yep. So Garrett Reband is the second alternate. Now, barring something happening with COVID, something like that, I wouldn't expect alternates to get in because this is a, a prestigious event that all these guys who have been selected want to participate in. Uh, but in the case that there are uh, alternates needed, Garrett Reband is on the list. So yep. another Oklahoma Sooner there. And uh, some more college golf news this week. Not so much news as it is a tournament. We've got an event taking place. It is the Cabo Collegiate. Of course, because of COVID, it is not being played. And Cabo it is being played at TPC San Antonio. The Oaks course, where we'll see the pros teed up here in about five weeks uh, before the Masters, maybe four weeks before the Masters. Par 72, a little over 7,000 yards. Five Big 12 schools in the field. Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas, Oklahoma, and Baylor. Florida State with John Pack, number one player in uh, the PGA Tour U rankings, is there. And a couple of local Oklahoma guys who play for Arkansas, Tyson Reeder and Mason Overstreet, there in this field as well. So we'll keep a close eye on what happens down in San Antonio and Hopefully, OU or OSU can snag a trophy.
1: Yeah, OU's um, looking at the golf stat live scoring right now. Uh, they just started playing this morning. They're on their front nine and they're in first. So first, first place. Um, hopefully, they yeah. can keep yeah, that lead.
2: Go win, win uh, wire to wire. I'll say for um, for anyone, I've, I've gotten to play at the Oaks course one time, and we, we mentioned earlier when we were talking about the concession, the concession stand course of um, you know just not being able to hold um, hold fans there and. The first thing I thought when I played the Oaks course was, was that, how in the hell can they have a PJ Tour event here? There's no room for anyone to stand, because it's fairway, a little bit of first cut, and then cactuses and desert. And literally, the fans have to have to stand with cactuses poking them in their legs. And and so, for for these college players that are out there playing, as we know, most of that stuff isn't going to be hazard, so it's going to be lost ball. So, it's a... It puts a, a predominance on being able to make sure you find the fairway. And what'd you say, Colby, just a little over seven thousand par seventy two? yep. so it's it I mean it's not an extremely long golf course. It's a placement course. So hopefully, hopefully these boys have done the homework. and I think that the 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 guys who are able to, this isn't going to be a course where the Bombers are going to be able to take advantage of it as much. It's it's more of a placement golf course. And greens are a little bit more complex. Um, so, yeah, I think um, the people who can strategize around there better have a better chance than just the guys that can hit it 350, 360.
1: Yeah. Uh, Hey, one more thing. I mean, why can't we watch uh, even at least the final round of these events in college? I mean, does the Golf Channel not have enough money to go cover a big tournament like this with OU and Texas and Florida State and Baylor and Arkansas and OSU, Arizona State, Florida State, and you have like, whatever, six guys that are going to be on the Walker Cup team playing in this tournament, and I can't watch any of it?
2: You know, I think that going back to the one of the reasons that that we're doing what we do, boys, and one of the things we mentioned about the LPGA is that there's just not that big of a market for it. I mean, there's just not enough people that know that there's this much good golf at this level. I think right? there is a market for it. I think that people... No, no, are, no, I think no, there's no. a market for no, no, it. No, I'm saying that the market's not there currently. I'm saying that there is one, just yeah. like the LPGA is what there's I'm saying. There's
1: no vehicle doing it, is what you're saying. I, yeah. I think there is a market. I mean, every single person that... Um, pretty much every single person has a college that they've gone to. I think it. we so, should see, definitely. I, see. I have
0: a different opinion. I think it comes down to resources. I think that the golf channel is covering the PGA tour. They've got cameras at the senior PGA. They've got cameras at the LPGA. This last week, they had cameras in Puerto Rico and in Bradenton. I, I think it is a, a resource issue with the golf channel where. Then don't there, do the golf channel. There's so Put it much. Somewhere else. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Put, it, put it on the
1: Big 12 network. Put it on ESPN Plus, yeah. Whatever, yeah. But, ACC but I, network. I also
0: think that if they were to do it, I don't think that they would be able to get, and I'm just speaking logistically, having yeah. enough cameras on site to cover, I think they would have to do something more like a PGA Tour Live uh-huh. where they have cameras follow like two featured groups. Yeah. And then maybe they have a standalone camera at 18 so we can see teams come up the end. But I don't resource-wise, I don't think that they would have enough cameras to go to just a run of the mill college tournament and give us full tournament coverage, right. I, but we could have something more than what we have now.
1: All I'm saying is, like, it, I'm not asking for PGA Tour coverage, like, like we get on. Like well, we're asking WGC's for, we're asking for better
2: coverage every week, anyway. So, well, yeah, you know. So, well,
1: I, I'm I'm just talking about, like, I'm not asking for round one. I don't want to watch round one or even round two, but maybe the back nine, maybe the last. What golf? Used to be when on TV was like they would show the last six holes of Jack Nicklaus and Arnold Palmer coming down the stretch. I don't think it'd be that hard to get someone, get four people with a camera out there and go. At least let me see a couple of shots coming down the stretch.
2: Well, here's a good idea for any school out there who who's playing because I think because you mentioned the feature group thing, right? And you, we all know playing college term, it's like like you don't play with like the one man for OU and hasn't played with the one man for OSU. Then the three man for OU plays with some entirely different, all three schools are going to play together. Right. Yep. So you could have your, you know, kind of do what the PJ tour does and kind of pair your better schools together, especially early, obviously towards the end of the tournament, they're going to be there because of exactly. the leaderboard. Yeah. So, right. um, um, so yeah, up to, up to that point. And so people, you know, just going back to the market thing, guys, is that, out of, out of these guys we mentioned, Ekrode, Quay, just the guys that we know, John Pack, who's leading it. Would it shock any of y'all if they were on the PJ tour within a year, contending for tournaments? I mean, Ekrode already did it. Yeah, no, did, ex- no, no that's no, no. what I'm saying. So the play is just as good, and so I think we mentioned who are the outlets, like SoonerSports.com. Send them to the tournaments. Have a camera. Follow the group. We're, I'd watch it, wouldn't yeah. you? Yeah. So it's I just, mean,
0: it comes down if you're trying to get somebody at a lower level. To produce it, it, it just comes down to the financial burden of getting people there. Right, and that's yeah. the thing. Even COVID right. has shown us now, even if they threw it on the Golf Channel, like you said, for the back nine on Wednesday, if you just have some cameras down there, you can even have people call the the broadcast remotely. You you could have Jimmy yeah. Roberts or whoever sitting in his office at home calling the broad. I don't care if the if the commentator's live on the grounds. I don't even
1: need commentators. I just want to see some shots. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, uh, all I'm saying is... I will go I'll be watching uh after a thunder game sometimes on Fox Sports they they show like OU wrestling and I'm thinking how can OU wrestling be tel- televised and OU golf Camp when they're number 1 in the country
2: Exactly you so what, and, but, but and, and, and that's, and it's, that's all, it's
0: one camera and you put it in one spot I'm just I'm, I'm playing devil's advocate I, I know, I but logistics I know,
2: but but same point isn't that was is it Fox Sports Southwest or Center yeah. Sports that's recording that right yeah. So I'd say just get them down there and so to go back to the market side of that is that you know, if if we had a 10,000 people out there raising hell saying we need someone to go watch this tournament, there'd probably be someone down there yeah. to do it. And now we've got well, this. And- we just need more people to realize how good of golfers that these guys are. And then, like the Colby said, I mean – at the end of the day, everything is a business move. If You're, you're not going to spend thousands of dollars to send someone to cover a tournament if you're not going to get $1,000 back in return on whatever the investment is. Right. So I, really, I it's that. just out there getting advertisers to realize that this game of golf is so good, and these players are so elite. Like you mentioned, Cole Hammer's playing down at Texas. He Made the cut in U.S. Sandwich when fifth or U.S. Open fifteen years yeah. old or whatever. Yeah. I yeah. mean, these guys are just unbelievable, and there there is such a market for it. It's just a matter of very similar to LPGA. You just have to know how to attack it. You can you can have the best product in the world, but if people don't know you have it. It doesn't matter. So yeah, and I'm not asking
1: for them to. Uh, video every tournament I'm talking about the big ones like this one where you have Big 12 teams which obviously the Big 12 is the best conference in golf but then you have Arizona States of the world the Pac-12 Houston you have uh, Texas Tech you have Stanford you know like record these ones that have a lot of draw to them. And then, and then I don't understand why the Golf Channel wouldn't want to do that because they have the national championship. Uh, and well, I don't know why they don't record regionals either. Like, I, I don't understand that part either. It's part of the NCAA tournament. It's the NCAA regionals. And so um, before the actual golf tournament, it called the national championship, but the regionals are actually part of it too. So my point is, like, I, I just want... Some more, maybe the golf channel would have more storylines to talk about if they recorded or if they uh, went out and broadcasted this tournament, the Cavo Collegiate. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, just have a little bit on it.
2: Yeah. Well, one thing, you know, two points is that, and the last things I'll say about this is that. You know, we at least got to a point to where they're covering the NCAA championship, right? And they have was it the East Lake Cup in November, where the top four teams yeah. go and play. And they, they they showed one college event on I can't remember what it was called a few months yeah, ago. Yeah, it was
0: the Southwestern Invitational. South out w- in so, so, so we're yeah.
2: getting I'm, I mean, a handful of events, right? I mean, you know, really not enough. But going back to Sam's point, it's better th- than it used to be, though. Yeah, definitely exactly. better than it used yeah, to. Yeah, it's kind for of sure. it's kind of like Augusta back before two thousand. We couldn't see the front nine. Now we can watch every shot every player hits. You know, at the whole tournament and. You know, going back to Sam's point, which makes it even good because Colby alliterated this earlier. PJ Tour, they're out there vying. PJ Tour, LPGA Tour, Valley Court Champions Tour. You know what the difference between college tournaments and those tournaments are majority of the college tournaments take place Monday and Tuesday. Those other tournaments all are Thursday through Sunday. I mean, obviously yeah. Champions Tour is Friday. So I mean, we'll be watching, and all of a sudden, we'll like Thursday or Friday. The PJ Tour coverage ends at five, and they'll switch to Champions or LPGA Tour, and it's like I. As much as I want to watch this, I'd rather watch the PGA Tour. But on Monday or Tuesday, you're looking for content to fill, and there's great golf being played when no other one else is playing. Either do that or go cover the the money games Uh, that the pros play in practice rounds.
1: I guess I I did just think of one thing that is probably a main problem is no team plays home games ever. I mean, you know what I mean? It's not like any other sport where you have half the games are home games every tournament pretty much except for maybe one for some of the bigger schools that have tournaments you know except for that one home tournament you're playing across the country for every other tournament for the whole schedule yeah so so,
2: so it's hard to get
1: um it wouldn't be like like it would be tough for the longhorn network you know to follow Texas around to every tournament when it like when the Texas whatever, uh, soccer or whatever, you know, Texas, uh, baseball, Texas baseball has half the and games, then Waco you know?
0: and then Lubbock, yeah. you know, you're going to California and then you might be in Pennsylvania the next yeah. week and then you might be in Arizona and then in Florida. So it is, I think you could get one person there. per school to do it.
2: I mean, there's gotta be some intern, some grad major that wants to do it. I don't know, man. I went
0: to Oklahoma state. I worked in the sports media building the money for any type of travel, Boy, I mean, even maybe one football game a year for, yeah. for the student program,
2: it's just it, – it, it's so for, financially for the school, for the school, restricted. For the school covering it or for the individual covering it? Uh, for the school okay so so yeah you i'm about to say the individuals shouldn't have to pay at all but no,
0: no. i'm just saying like logistically and this is why because you know i i did the journalism stuff and i've i've ran cameras and it, it's just golf is so much more difficult to cover than any other sport just because of the amount of space you have to cover you know football basketball baseball whatever the case is they show up they put their camera on their tripod they point it at the field and we get to watch yep. it's it's so much more difficult with golf <laughs> two
2: two two main questions one, one last one is that You really don't think that at any of these schools, these huge schools that have thousands of people in their departments, right – you don't think one person would spend one year interning just for any, any, whatever little bit it is just to go to just even travel to these places? I would think that you could be able to get at least one person for at least the major programs to be able to, because like you said, I know the expense is high, but you get the equipment, you get one person to do it. All of a sudden, you can bring in whatever else coverage you get. Like, let's say, let's say Sooner Sports does it, right? And they have, because I know now they have a little subscription service or whatever. Let's pay, you know, you have how many ever people pay five bucks a month or whatever to watch the tournaments that pays for that yep. person right there or right? even Not put to mention together
1: their, yeah or even take a guy out there with a camera and put together a recap show like and have some highlights at least
2: yeah that's another good <laughs> point and one, one, one last thing and I, i've never done this but my dad used to tell me about it when they did it in high school they used to do things called duels where they would essentially like in, in high school they would go to school then they would go to another town and essentially do a five-on-five match or take all their kids and Play one v ones against each other, and almost kind of like a Ryder Cup or one, you know, singles match type style. And because you mentioned earlier, there's not home games, right? You don't have it's not one v one. You know, we're not. Besides, with the exception of the college basketball early tournaments in the season, you're not getting eight to sixteen teams at at a venue, and and they're all going head to head. But even if you do that, I don't see you know a problem with like bringing in and have schools go one to one like you do in the match play, right? Because then that way, you know, like I'd say, you have a big tournament, then you can just have them, you know, kind of all go out at once. And, you know, just just to break it all down, I just think that there is a market for it. I think the market has to grow a little bit more before there's a little bit more incentivization to go cover these events to the extent that we're wanting. But at the same time, we have seen the growth of it, and, and really just all golf in general, because like I said, we do get the nationals championships now. We are getting the East Lake and a couple other individual tournaments. So at least we're heading in the right direction. Once we start losing college tournaments and we're seeing just nationals every year, then they stop showing nationals, then we're going to start raising hell.
0: Yeah, and that's what I was going to say. It just it takes patience for something to grow over time, and, and it's hard to be patient, but we, we acknowledge that we do get more college golf coverage than we've ever gotten in the past, so if it continues to grow, then hopefully twenty years from now we have a lot better college golf coverage than we have now.
2: Yeah, it's like it's like starting up a business. You make ten percent in your first year, and you're pissed off you didn't make fifty percent, right? And so it's just you have to you just be patient, just let it grow, and it, it, it's it's just like with anything, guys. You know, if you have a, if you have a good product, it's going it's to come together, and college golf really really is that, especially in this state because OU and OSU are so dominant.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Some great college golf being played. That is all for today. Tomorrow, our preview show. we got the Arnold Palmer Invitational this week. Should be a great event down at Bay Hill. Love that event. Uh, so make sure you tune in to our preview show tomorrow. Also, if you have not listened to the interview we did last week with Taylor Gooch, go listen to the interview we did last week with Taylor Gooch. It was phenomenal. Got a couple hours on on air. He sat down with us for several hours. Conversation was absolutely great. And head over to golfoklahoma.org, our great partners. Check out everything that they have to offer as well. Golfoklahoma.org. Subscribe to the podcast wherever you're listening. Give us a five star rating. We would greatly, greatly appreciate it. We are the official podcast of Golf Oklahoma. Thanks for listening to the 73rd Hole.